Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Friendly Neighborhood Sports Show. I'm your host, Raj. I'm going to go over some quick things. Before I go over some quick things, if you didn't listen to the previous episode, um, just know this, no fucking baseball, because that shit's stupid. Uh, it only gets interesting until the seventh inning. Uh, fuck hockey. It's uh, a bore. It's, it's extreme phys- figure skating until it gets to the fighting with the, when it then becomes boxing. And if your sport only becomes interesting when it becomes a different sport... That means your sport sucks. <clears throat> um, soccer? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? You want you want me to talk about what? Guys kicking a ball around? What? What? No. How about that? How about that? No. Guys kicking a ball around? No. For an hour and a half? Fuck no. They score only. They only. The, 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 they only score one point. They they they, they only score one point. No, baby. Not talking about that bullshit. Rugby? Who the fuck watches rugby? I know I don't. I've seen it maybe once. You want to know what I did when I watched it? I fucking yawned five times. I yawned five times. Yeah. Suck my dick. I'm not fucking talking about that, nor am I going to watch it. Um, And uh, those are like the... Yeah, like, and there's other, I'm sure there's other sports that, you know... Um get traction in some places i'm not talking about them um but what i will talk about just to go over some quick things i saw the pelicans uh they they declined the offer from um from the lakers that included four players two of them including lonzo ball and and uh rondo for anthony davis i i read that they were like they were interested in you know uh countering the offer with an offer of their own within the within like, within like the next week or so um, honestly, I, f- I feel like they're going to wind up just holding on to Anthony Davis. If you're going to trade Anthony Davis, you, you need a lot in return. There's a lot to get. There's a lot you need in return. <clears throat> I don't know I don't know what the Lakers can give you. And either way, he's going to be a Laker next year. Just just ride it out. Ride out the year. Let him go sign over there next year. Um, so there's that. Um, Nick Foles just supposedly they're going to, they're going to, <clears throat> they're gonna give him twenty mil. Exercise. They're gonna exercise the twenty million dollar option. Um, now, see. So I was reading in some places that they're gonna exercise the option and maybe trade him immediately. If that's the case, then okay. In my opinion, I do feel like Nick Foles for the Eagles. I'm not saying overall, but for the Eagles' sake, I think he's the better fit. Um, Carson Wentz. I mean, he's a he's a really good quarterback. I've just seen him get injured. I've seen him get injured two years in a row, literally at the same week after playing the same team, the Rams. Towards ACL against them the, the two years ago. This past year, he plays them, he plays the game, gets his ass whooped, and then hurts his back afterwards. Um, they bring in Nick Foles, and Nick Foles makes a playoff run the same same way he made a Super Bowl run the year before that. Um, and so it's kind of just like a hint, hint, this guy, you know, he could be your guy. Um, yeah, he didn't start the season off too well this past year, but there's not a lot of quarterbacks that do that start the season off too well. I I've, I've remember one year that Tom Brady went like three straight games in September just looking like complete dog shit. And if I'm correct, if, if I'm, unless I stand to be corrected, <clears throat> I think Tom Brady went to the Super Bowl that year and he might have won. I'm not sure. I think, yeah, I think, I think he beat the Seahawks that year. Um, I think I might be I might be wrong about that, but I'm not sure. But you see what I'm saying though. Um, 
so I feel like Nick Foles is their better option. I mean, but honest to God, I would not be surprised. I'm not going to be surprised if either quarterback gets traded. Um, It'll be a more pleasant surprise if they trade Carson Wentz. And when I say pleasant surprise, not because I have anything against Carson Wentz. I just feel like it'll be a pleasant surprise because I'm get, I'm feeling that Nick Foles is the better option for them. And so if they trade Carson Wentz, that makes me right. Um, but I feel like it's more likely they trade Nick Foles uh, because they just... If you hold on to Nick Foles, what you're saying now is, yeah, we spent a, we spent the first rounder on Carson Wentz a couple years after Nick Foles, but we like we like Nick Foles better now. So fuck that. It's like mm, stop doing that. Don't do that. Um, so I feel like you know I feel like realistically they're gonna wind up trading Nick Foles. Um, but you know, I'll tell you right now, don't be surprised. I I would not. I surely wouldn't be surprised. Or, but it'd be it'd be, it'd be a pleasant surprise to see Carson Wentz get traded. But either either during this off season, I doubt it's I doubt it's this off season. But if it's off season, okay, I see it more so being the next off season in twenty twenty. Um, because then by then, you know, the year that he gets traded in that twenty twenty season, that then that 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 season, whatever team he's playing for, he's pretty much auditioning for them. Because by twenty twenty one he'll be a legitimate free agent. Um, so and then on top of that, um, so that's how I feel about that. Um, NFL honors were today. It's by the way, it is uh, I'm recording this on February second, after the NFL honors and all that stuff has gone down. Pat Mahomes the MVP. Interested to see what he does next year. Hopefully, seeing, seeing that, not hopefully. Fuck that. Not hopefully. I don't. I don't. I don't hope that he fucking does the same thing. But I don't think he's gonna do fifty touchdowns for a while. To be honest with you guys, fifty touchdowns, five thousand yards. I don't think. It's, I think it's gonna take a while for him to do that. Because I think like Kaepernick, it's one of those things where he took us all by storm. None of us saw it coming. But like Kaepernick, over time, Kaepernick's play style got kind of figured out, and people knew how to play against Kaepernick. And I feel like people are gonna do that with. Pat Mahomes. They're gonna they're gonna set up their defensive packages to play better and play smarter against Patrick Mahomes to not allow those deep balls to be more aware on the passing uh, defense and you know the yada yada yada. Don't let him get out. Don't let him get outside the pocket because when he gets outside the pocket, he's able to extend the play and create better plays than what was already initially put down. So yeah, I feel like that that I feel like you know we're gonna see that happen. I feel like next year I'll, 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 I'll thirty plus touchdowns is most likely. But I'd be I'd I'd be surprised if it's like anything less than thirty. Um, Pat, Matt Nagy is uh, coach of the year. That one kind of shocked me. It just shocked me, but also didn't shock me. It didn't shock me because Matt Nagy, um, got the Bears to win a division for like the first time in what I think it's been like a couple years now. I think the last time they won a division was because Aaron Rodgers was like hurt towards the end of the year. Like yeah, Aaron Rodgers got hurt like middle of the year. Then it come into like the last like two games or something like that. Um, so I feel like it's kind of the reason why. I thought it would have been Frank Reich, but in Frank Reich's case, you know, <clears throat> Frank's right in Frank Reich's case, there was one or two ways the season could have gone down. Either Andrew Luck is struggling coming back from his injury, and so the team that therefore struggles, and you know, the team goes like eight and eight, nine and seven, whatever. Maybe like it could be could have been less than eight and eight. Could have been like seven and nine or something like that, or you know you get the Andrew Luck that was there during the Chuck Pagano era, and if you have that Andrew Luck with an offensive coach, you're kind of guaranteed to have really good numbers and to have a good amount of wins. 
Um, I just feel like the, the major thing that set them apart was the fact that, for starters, well, there's two things. For starters, Frank Wright came as came in as an offensive-minded coach and did exactly that: rebuilt the offense, made the offense better, gave Andrew Luck his one of one of the best years of his career, and um, got them a very decisive playoff win. Um, whereas Matt Nagy comes in comes into Chicago. Um, just with Mitch Trubisky, does pretty well, but the the team's success was hanging off of the success of the defense. Um, and if that's the case, then most of the credit, being the fact that Matt Nagy, from what we know, is an offensive coach, not a defensive coach, unless he's hiding something from us, then we know him to be a, an offensive coach, then the, then the credit for that, for the majority of the team's success, would have to go to newly Broncos head coach, Vic Fangio. Um, or Vic Fangio, how the fuck you say that? Um, so yeah, so I mean, that one, I mean, that, that didn't throw me off necessarily, but I just had a certain, I had like a certain mindset going into it. It's either this guy because of that or this guy because of this. <clears throat> um, what else happened? Also, um, Aaron Donald, defensive player of the year. That's going to be an interesting story heading into the Super Bowl tomorrow. If you listen to the previous episode, you already know my pick for that. I think, you know, even though Aaron Donald's there, I don't think it makes much of a difference. I think the same way they play the Rams, I mean, the same way they play the Chargers where Joey Boza and, and Melvin Ingram are, are they're getting they're getting to Tom Brady. They're just not getting to him in time to sack him or even hit him. And, you know, there, there's like a clip of Joey Boza on the sidelines talking to his teammates saying, I don't know how the hell this guy does it. He just, he's fucking getting, he's getting rid of the ball so damn fast. At the moment I get to him, the ball is already out. Um, and it's true, and I feel like that's going to be the same tale for this Rams game. Yeah, Aaron Donald, Gama Kung Su, you know, these guys, they're going to get to Brady. They're just not going to get there in time to stop him from getting rid of the ball. Um, but that definitely will be the headline the morning of, you know, Aaron Donald, Defensive Player of the Year, will he get to Tom Brady? Um, Pat Mahomes is also the Offensive Player of the Year. <clears throat> Saquon Barkley got offensive rookie of the year and what was what be, what became a very tight race. At the beginning of the year it seemed pretty <coughs> it seemed pretty evident that it was gonna be Saquon Barkley, regardless of the fact that, you know, Calvin Ridley was bursting out and stuff like that. It was evident Saquon Barkley was gonna get rookie of the year. But then, you know, Baker Mayfield started creeping in and, you know, making a case for himself. But, you know, eventually it came down to Saquon. In my opinion, if Baker would have been starting the entire year, then I do think that Baker would have gotten the offensive rookie of the year. Um, but it is what it is. Um, he's got, I, in my opinion, he's got some good years ahead of him. Same, same goes for Saquon. They got some really good years of football ahead of them. Um, defensive rookie of the year went to, you know, shockingly, but not shockingly, went to Darius Leonard. <clears throat> shockingly, because he was, he was snubbed at the Pro Bowl, snubbed of, he was, yeah, he was snubbed at the Pro Bowl, but he got an All-Pro, you know, like, it was kind of like, wait, what? There's, there was other media outlets that gave, you know, other players, defensive rookie of the year. Um, and so, but not shockingly because this is this was the consensus. NFL analysts were looking at Darius Leonard and they were saying all year, this guy, he's the defensive rookie of the year. At no point in the year was he not leading the league in tackles, even though he missed the entire game. <clears throat> so, yeah, so there's that. Um, Andrew Luck obviously got uh, comeback player of the year. 39 touchdowns, uh, second which was second in the league to Pat Mahomes MVP. 
top five in passing yards, career best passer rating, career best completions. I mean, he, you, this is the type of this is the type of season you expect him to have. You know, his third year in the league or whatever the hell. Like, and when I when I when I say third year in the league, I mean I just mean a year where he's not coming off of an injury. You don't expect him to have this kind of year coming off of a year and a half that where he wasn't throwing the football at all. And when he got to training camp, he was throwing specifically weighted footballs so that he wouldn't re-aggravate his shoulder anyway. He didn't really start throwing, you know, uh, the actual NFL <clears throat> footballs until what? I think it was like heading into preseason. So um, that speaks for itself, and that explains why. <clears throat> excuse me. That explains why the uh, the beginning of the season was, you know, honest to God, it was fairly rocky for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Um, but you know, starting at one and five to then come back, ten and six and make a playoff run. I mean, kind of play of the year in my book. Um. I think of what other honors have. I mean, those those are pretty much like the major honors that went out. I mean, you got also got you know, Chris Long got Watch Fame Man of the Year and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I didn't realize that 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 I had a uh, a sixty minute um limit, so I'm like trying to like rush through this because there's a lot of um, I'm not sure how many people out there are MMA fans, but I know I'm a huge MMA fan. I feel like MMA is getting much bigger now. So there's a lot of things I want to talk about in the MMA world. So I feel like I've gone over most of the things that I've needed to go over about football. I'm going to go more in depth about football next week um, after the Super Bowl because I do, I, I want to, you know, of course, I want to, want to break down who won, how I think they did it, yada, yada, stuff like that. Excuse me. But um, right now, I'm just going to segue right into MMA. I'm hoping this isn't going to be too long of an episode. It shouldn't be. But let's start off. Uh, The most recent fight was TJ Dillashaw versus Henry Cejudo. No, that wasn't. That was not the most recent fight. The most recent fight was Fedor Emelianenko versus Ryan Bader for the heavy for the belt for Bellator's uh, heavyweight championship and their little heavyweight tournament they had. Um, make a long story short, Bader knocked Fedor the fuck out. Um, I wish I had a fucking soundboard so I could just cue up Chris Tucker, like you know, just saying that. Um, I'm not gonna imitate him because I uh, can't do a Chris Tucker impression. Not good at that. Uh, but Fedor, Fedor got knocked the fuck out. And look, if you don't know who Fedor is, I'm just, I'm, I'll just tell you like this. He, yeah, he got knocked the fuck out, but he's easily top five, one of the best, if not arguably the best heavyweight MMA fighter of all time. Um, and he got knocked the fuck out. And now it kind of leads the question with, you know, what does Fedor do now? Um, do you going to retire? Do you keep fighting? Do you want to go back to Japan? going to go over to Japan? You're going to go back to Russia and fight over there <coughs> where they're probably going to just, you know, rig the fights for you. Um, you know, hashtag conspiracy. Um, what are you going to do? Um, in my opinion, I feel like he's going to wind up retiring. Um, and it's a shame, too, because he'll retire as the greatest fighter to never fight in the UFC. Um, but I feel like it's, it's, it's just done. He's, he's taken one too many heavy shots on the chin. If this guy comes to the UFC... There's about three, got three, four guys I can name right now that will beat the shit out of him. Um, you know, you get, you got. I mean, Matt Cormier will decimate him. Um, John Jones will rip his head off and eat it for breakfast, and then save like the, the other half of the head for dinner. 
and then probably like go back and you know dig up his grave and then pull the arm off and eat that the next night. Um, Steve Miocic will fuck him up. Cain Velasquez, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think Ngannou could fuck him up. Um, yeah, and so I think he retires from here. Whereas Ryan Bader, it's interesting because now he's light heavyweight champion of Bellator and the heavyweight champion. Bellator's first ever double champ. And he's a free agent. He used to fight for the UFC. He could go back if the UFC's interested in taking him back. And set up a nice little, you know, super fight, you know. He comes into the UFC as his, his the previous organization's uh, double champ, Bellator's double champ, to then take on the current double champ of the, the organization, who happens to be double champ in the exact same weight classes. He is double champion, and see who is the best double champ in the world. That that fight can sell itself. Um, I find that interesting, but I feel like Ryan Bader's going to stick where he's at. Um, and I think I think I feel like if anything for Ryan Bader, he'll stay with Bellator and just have to decide. Okay, do I want to defend light heavyweight? Or do I want to defend heavyweight? Uh, moving on from there, if you're a WWE fan, you might know who Jack Swagger is. Jack Swagger just recently made his MMA, MMA debut in Bellator. He looked all right under the name Jake Hager. He looked all right. Um, he got hit a little. He got hit on his way into a takedown, or better on, on his way into a clinch. Um, but what I like, you know, he didn't he, he didn't get hit and just drop. He got hit. We all saw it. Commentators uh, commentators mentioned it. But he went into the clinch and did hit, did what he needed to do from there. He didn't go in there thinking, oh, I'm going to knock this dude's head off. No. He went in there knowing, look, I'm an, I'm an all-American wrestler. I wrestled for state. You know, I, 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 you know I'm, I'm, a very, I'm, I'm a highly regarded wrestler. Let me wrestle. And did exactly that. Got the arm triangle in the first round. First, like, minute and a half or something like that. Got the W. Bellator needs to just feed him guys like that. The guy he fought looked like a, like, I, I heard someone say he looked like a fucking salesman. He does, he does. He looks like a fucking salesman. He looks like he's going to sell you a fucking car. But like, but like, like, like a cheap car though. Like, like a fucking, like a hoopty. Like, like a, like a, like a, like, a, like he's going to sell you a clunker. Um, he's not going to sell you a good car. To pretty much what I'm saying. Um, but keep feeding him those kind of guys. Feed him salesmen. If you gotta feed him salesmen, feed him salesmen. Um, don't start sending him into this top ten bullshit. <clears throat> don't start trying to set up a path for for him to the belt. Don't do that. This isn't back in the day where Brock, where Brock Lesnar entered the UFC and within three within two or three fights he was fighting for the belt. No, that was a different time where the talent was very thin. Talent is much thicker. Is it, I don't I don't want to say thicker. That sounds kind of wild, um, but. There's more talent to be fought now. Um, so start off slow with him. Um, last night, uh, well tonight, but last night, whatever, whenever you listen, whenever you listen to this, there was a fight night. Uh, Rafael Sansal versus Marlon Moraes, Jose Aldo versus uh, Renato Moicano. A lot of people don't know them. Um, I had my picks, Aldo versus Aldo winning Moicano and Moraes versus uh, beating Sunsal. Um and I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened because the the card ended pretty 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 early. Um, moving on, we have UFC 234 coming up. That's gonna be a fucking barn burner. Here's the thing, right? Whitaker versus Gaslam, really good middleweight bout. If you don't know these guys, just know this: 
Whitaker hits like a fucking no. Oh wait, wait, I'm He doesn't hit like a fucking freight train. It's the it's it's the way in which he he lays his hits on you. It's the way in which he sets you up. It's the way in which he gets to you. He's got really good take down defense. <clears throat> he's one of the he's one of, he's one of the quicker middleweights. You look at him, you don't expect him to be as quick as he is. Boxing, really tough Austra- Australian fellow, and he's fighting Kelvin Gastelum, who has had quite the career himself, having just like Robert Whitaker, he started off a welterweight, but had a problem making the weight, took a, took a, a bad loss or two, had to move up to middleweight, and just p- kind of revive his career. And now they're, now they're, they're fighting, and that, that's going to be a very strike-heavy fight. I think Whitaker wins that fight. I'm, I'm thinking like late third-round knockout. It's either late third-round knockout or unanimous decision, but I'm, I'm leaning more so towards the late third-round knockout. Um, in the coming event, you got... The last Stylebender, uh, Israel Adesanya, taking on Anderson Silva. I'm sure you know that name. Um, I'll be honest. Like, so people are hyping the fight. I don't understand the purpose of the fight. That's, that's what I don't understand. I don't understand the purpose of doing this fight. Um, if you look at the, the, the middleweight rankings, I'm, looking, I'm about to look at them right now. I, I'm pretty sure Adesanya ranks at number six in middleweight. And I'm right. He is, he is number six in middleweight. Anderson Silva is number 15. This is a fight where the UFC looks at it and says, <clears throat> Adesanya is the, is, the, is the next upcoming young middleweight. He's going he's gonna to come up in middleweight, and he's going to make his way. To, whether he wins the belt or not, he's going to fight for the belt more than, more, on more than one occasion. Like definitely on more, more than one occasion is he going to fight to get the belt. Um, he's making this a similar splash that John Jones had made when he started. A similar splash that Conor McGregor made when he started. You know, good-looking guy, ripped. You know, he can talk. Um, and he's coming in here and he's just picking dudes apart, fucking dudes up. The difference between Adesanya and many other uh, strikers and kickboxers like him who storm into the storm into the sport. The difference between him and them which what we saw in his previous fight against Derek Brunson, who was a very wrestling-heavy guy, he didn't let Derek Brunson get him to the ground. The one time that his knee was going to hit, he just slipped right back out. His takedown defense, now granted, Derek Brunson was, he was, uh, his takedowns were like blatant. Like you saw them coming from a fucking mile away. But nevertheless, like he was still defending those takedowns very well, much better um, then I expect I expect him to get take down, taken down a few times in that first round, just based off of pure, you know, pure, you know, uh, I don't want to say shock, but just getting used to it, getting used to the uh, to the fighter in front of you. But it wasn't like that. He defended the takedowns really well, defended himself in the clinch. Excuse me, landed a really mean knee on Brunson's way into another takedown and just fucked him up from there. Um, Anderson Silva. His last fight was against Derek Brunson as well. If I, if I think I, I think that was, I thought was I'm pretty sure his last fight was against Derek Brunson. And if I if, look, I'm being honest with you, I don't think he won that fucking fight. I'm, just, I'm being 100 percent honest. I do not think he won that fight. I, I remember I watched that fight. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember him. I don't, I don't watch that fight and feel like, oh yeah, yeah, he definitely won that one. No, like Anderson Silva before then, before he had fought Brunson, which was his last win, and that was in. That was February 11th of 2017. 
Jesus Christ, bro. It's been fucking... It's been two... So, when he fights Adesanya, it had been two years since his last fight. Um, Before he had fought in Brunson, he was on a two-fight losing streak. Um, And then before that, he had one win. Before that, he was on another two-fight losing streak. So, I mean, I feel like... I don't know. I just... I, I don't like his chances in his fight. Look, at any moment, he could turn it back on. I've seen... We've seen I've, I've seen a lot of people... A lot of MMA fighters, a lot of boxers, a lot of athletes in general have those shining moments where they just turn it on when they really need to. You know, Kobe putting up what what was I fucking like sixty points or something like that, like in his last game. I mean, turning it on. Talk about turning it on at that fucking at the last second. Um I seen random, you know, old heads in MMA. I've seen random old heads in MMA just starch the fuck. Cowboy Cerrone, pretty old MMA, makes his way back to makes makes his way back down to 155 for the first time in a couple years. Fights a young, hungry stud in Alexander Hernandez and beats the fucking bullshit out of him. Beat the fucking shit. Yeah, look at it right now. Kobe Bryant's last game finished 60 points. But yeah, Cowboy Cerrone is, is, is one of those guys. He's much he's much older than most of the guys he's been fighting lately. And in his last fight. Coming back down to 155 after being after being gone for so many years from that division because he was fighting at 170, um, beats the shit out of the young hungry Alexander Hernandez. So it's possible. I would love for Anderson Silva to turn it on because I think that would make the fight more interesting. But I think whether he turns it on or not, I still think Adesanya takes this fight. He's the more, um, he's he. It's, as great of a striker as Anderson Silva is, Adesanya is a much different striker for today. He comes into today with the different style than Anderson Silva has. If, if, if Adesanya wants, he can just come out there and just te- just piece him up with his fist. Or, I mean, shit, he can just set up some question mark kicks. Set up some fucking body kicks. Tear up uh, Silva's leg if he wants to. Um, whereas with Silva, I mean, I feel like at this point in his career, it's either a front kick to the face or a couple punches, or he might even try to take it down. Um, so yeah, I got Adesanya winning that one. Um, I want to say it's a decision because I don't, I, as much as I, as much as I want Adesanya to win that fight, as I want him to win the fight and I, and I truly feel he's going to win the fight. I don't want to see Silva get knocked out, but I think he's going to get knocked out in that second round. I think I think he's gonna get knocked down in the second round. If he doesn't get knocked down in the second round, I think he gets knocked down once per round. It's a three round fight, he's gonna get knocked down once per round. It's gonna be a very one sided fight, in my opinion. Um, so that's that card. We recently had the the uh, the press conference for uh, UFC two thirty five, which is a stacked fucking card, man. You've got John Jones versus Anthony Smith, which is the most one-sided, like Vegas has as the most one-sided fight, I think, ever. Like, if, if, if Anthony Smith wins the fight, it'll be the biggest upset in Vegas history when it comes to the MMA. I'm not sure, like, I, I'm not sure there are upsets for other sports. Um, but I think John Jones takes that fight again. I mean, I, I want to see Anthony Smith win the fight. I would like to see that, that Cinderella story, but I think this is John Jones' fight to lose, if anything, like, He's he's gonna go in there. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna do his work. I mean, I think if I, I think he's gonna try to take uh, Anthony Smith down. To be honest with you, I think he's gonna come out the first round, 
testing him out, seeing seeing how he's moving. Second round, he's gonna he's gonna want Anthony Smith to engage him, throw those big heavy shots, throw those big elbows. Mind you, this there's still we're still ways away from that card, so the predictions will change. The way I look at it will change over time. The more I look into it, but I, this is the way I'm seeing it right now. In that second round, he's gonna want Anthony Smith to come in real heavy, um, and when he's doing so, he's gonna find his openings. Um, and I think it's I think it's gonna be similar to the Gustafson fight. I think the Gustafson fight, if I if I'm if I remember correctly, I think that ended in the third round TKO. I think it's the same thing, third round TKO. Um, and I'm pretty certain on that one. Tyron Woodley versus Kamaru Usman. I think that's a fight that I think I think Tyron Woodley, he's at the point right now in his career, like he he's fought some pretty boring fights, but I think he's at a point right now where he knows, look man, all these young motherfuckers want my belt. And I ain't playing it. We saw with Darren Till, he was he was a much different Tyron Woodley. When he fought Darren Till, he knew Darren Till had the power, but he also knew that Darren Till wasn't gonna just unleash. So it was gonna it was it was gonna give Tyron Woodley more time. When you watch Darren Till fight Wonder Boy, you see you know Darren Till you know biting on shots, not wanting to throw all the punches possible, um, because he knows that Wonder Boy is dangerous and he's and he's fast. And I feel like Woodley saw that and said, "Oh, he's gonna do the same thing with me." Because he'd be stupid to think that I'm not just as fast as Wonderboy. He'd be stupid to think that my right hand isn't more powerful than, you know, half the shit that Wonderboy could possibly throw at Darren Till. Like he know he knows that my right hand is just as good as his left hand. And he knows that I'm just as quick as he is. So he's gonna fight me that exact same way. And that's gonna open up a lot of opportunities for me. And I feel like that's the way Tyron Woodley walked into that fight with. I feel like that's the way Woodley walked into the fight. And uh, the fight pretty much went that way. You know, Willie, you know, patient. You know, well, I don't want to say patient. Darren Till was too patient almost. And he's admitted it. He was way too patient. He waited too long for shots. Um, and kind of opened the door for Willie to, you know, time when he would come in. Look, if you're, not, if you're not coming in at all, the moment you do come in, I'm ready for you. I've been waiting this entire fucking time. The moment you finally do, I'm ready. Go ahead, do it. I'm ready. Excuse me. So, um, so yeah, um, I feel like the same thing kind of happens with this fight with Usman. I feel like Usman's gonna want to pressure Woodley and get the takedowns because that's Usman's game plan. He's he's a decent. He's got decent striking, but um, unlike Tyron Woodley, Tyron Woodley, he's very underrated. He's the kind of guy if he wants to, he'll stand and box with you, and he'll fuck. He'll, and if he wants, he'll knock you the fuck out. He will knock you the fuck out. Or he can wrestle you and beat the shit out of you on the ground and submit you or beat just fucking bash your skull in. Because he's that good of a wrestler. He's a very well rounded he's a very well rounded fighter. He does have a lot of quality similar to GSP. I still think GSP is a bit of a better fighter in his prime, but I think this this Tyron Lee right now gives gives a GSP right now. Very a very hard time, um, and I feel like that is the reason why GSP went to go fight Bisping instead of fighting Tyron Woodley. Because Bisping, you walk into a Bisping fight, you just gotta be you gotta be mindful of the fact that this guy's he's not gonna go down. He's he's really ever gonna go down. He's not gonna get tired. He's got very good jujitsu, and his striking is precise. It's not the most powerful striking, but it's precise. Um, and so you kind of walk into the fight knowing that and looking out for that. And so I feel like GSP looked at that and said, oh, okay then. 
that's not that's not too bad then. He, he doesn't have a chance to run right through me. I have more of a chance to run right through him. I have more power than he does. I have more of my arsenal than he does. I think I can win this fight. And he did so. I feel like, but I feel like he knew if I if, if I go fight Tyron Woodley though, that guy he can knock me the fuck out with that right hand. Um, well, you know, I don't think he thought that because I don't think any fighter ever thinks that so and so can beat the shit out of me. Like, I don't think they. You beat each other up for a living. I doubt there's a lot of fighters who are like looking at someone in, in their division around their weight class and they're actually scared. They're actually thinking, you know, oh, I don't want to fight that guy. He scares me. I feel like I feel like almost every fighter is pretty fearless. It's just a matter of playing it smart and knowing which fight is the easier fight for you. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I feel like Tyron Willie versus Kamaru Usman, I feel like, you know, he, he goes into that fight and, you know, he defends the takedowns and goes at it with his striking. Um, unlike the Damian Maia fight. If you, if you saw Damian Maia fight, you noticed that Tyron Willie defended every single takedown and didn't throw a lot of punches. And his, in his defense, he did say that, you know, Early in the fight, he fucked up his shoulder, so he wasn't able to use his right hand as often. Otherwise, he would have. But he, there's there's no denying that he did set the record for least amount of punches in a single title fight. So, but I think Tyron Woody takes that fight. I think I think, I think both champs retain their belts. And then you got Ben Askren versus Robbie Lawler. Ben Askren making his long-awaited debut after being traded to the UFC from One FC for Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Um, against Robbie Lawler, it's his tough one because Robbie Lawler's done really well against wrestlers in his past. He's crazy fucking strong. That's the kind of guy, just like just like Tyron Woodley, he can knock you the fuck out anytime he wants to. Um, but I I don't think I've ever seen Ben Askren really get hit a lot. So I'm interested to see. You know, we know he's gonna come out there just like Khabib. He's gonna come out there. He's gonna stand in front of you for maybe a couple seconds. And he's gonna start taking you down. It's interesting to see. What happens if he can't take a guy like Robbie Lawler down? Nothing but respect to the guys he fought in 1FC, but the guys he's going to fight in the UFC are going to be much, much different than the guys he fought in 1FC. Um, so I'm interested to see, you know, how well you're going to do. You know, like, if you can't get the takedown, because there's going to come a point um, where the first couple takedowns don't work, and the person you're fighting, not only are they defending these takedowns, they're not letting you just stand up and not get hit. They're going to be hitting you. They're defending the takedowns and they're landing their punches. So Ben Askren, I ask you, what, what, do, you, what do you do now? What, do you, what is your retaliation for someone who's able to not only defend your takedowns, but actually land punches on you, unlike the guys in the other organization where they couldn't defend your takedowns and they couldn't land a punch on you. They couldn't hurt you. Um, what do you do then? Um, so... It'd be interesting. I think I think ultimately Ben Askren um, in the second round. I mean, sorry, I feel like in the first round he's gonna have. I don't want to say a hard time, but he's not gonna get. He's not gonna go into that first round just dominating the whole time. He's, if anything, he might get a takedown late in that first round. Um, that that first round might get edged to Robbie Lawler, but I think the second and third round he's gonna take that. So that's that card for now. I, I mean, of course, like I said, that card is ways away. So there's a good chance both that and well, when it comes to that card, there's a good chance that. <clears throat> My predictions change. Uh, moving on. Um, I want to go over, kind of to cap this off, because I don't want this to be too long. Yeah, I kind of want to cap this off here. Cowboy versus Connor. Now, hear me out. All right, Cowboy 
is fun to watch. I love Cowboy. What I don't love about Cowboy is the fact that he fights in the same division as Conor McGregor. For two reasons. One, I'm a huge Conor fan. Most of the time I root for Conor. Um, but I'm also realistic. Like, I told many people that, you know, like when it came when he fought Eddie, I told everybody. And it wasn't just a fan of me. I told I said, look, he's gonna walk right through him. He's not Eddie's not gonna do damage. Eddie is not gonna do and not Eddie is not gonna be as effective as people keep saying that he'll be. I get it. He was he was a brawler, he was a wrestler. But no, not against Connor. Not against the striker that he is. And I said the same thing against Khabib. I said Khabib's gonna get a couple takedowns in the first two rounds. I think Connor's gonna come back, he's gonna land his, his left hand, he's gonna do damage, and he's gonna he's gonna leave him off, leave him off track, and then he's gonna be able to capitalize. It didn't happen that way. And when you look at the when I when I rewatch the fight, I see that Connor his stri- first of all, he came he the just the way he walked up to Khabib in the first round, hands down, chest up, just looking down like through his eyebrows at him, had no respect for Khabib. No respect for Khabib. And that's a version of Connor that um as mean as he is in the fucking press conferences, <clears throat> he'll he'll still come out when he fights you. He's he he's aware that, yeah, you're a good wrestler or or yeah, you have a good left hand or a good right hand or yeah, you you got a good spinning kick, you know, stuff like that. You have good takedowns. He's aware of that. And so he's he's looking out for that. Um he when he fought Chad Mendez, he came out immediately spinning back kick straight to the body. That the game plan was let me just I'm gonna just air him out. Cause yeah, even if he does take me down, I don't want him to have the energy when he takes me down. I want him to be gassed when he takes me down. This way when he takes me down and he starts doing work. He's only making it worse for himself. And then when I get back up, I can do damage. Um, he came out the second fight with Nate saying, the last fight I wasn't focused. This fight I got to focus. Let me look at what he does wrong. He, does defend, he doesn't defend leg kicks. I'm going to beat the shit out of his leg. Um, so I feel like Connor came out in that could be fight just didn't respect anything. Um, he just wanted to go out there and he just wanted to fight. Um, and a lot had to do with the fact that he was off for so long. From MMA, the shots weren't the same and stuff like that. Like the <clears throat> the way the punches were were were, were moving and landing, the way they were being set up. Some of it was just too telegraphed. Some of it was just too slow. It wasn't good. It wasn't pretty. Um, and that's what scares me. In the event that Connor fights Cowboy, for Cowboy's sake, Cowboy is a phenomenal fighter. Um, and Cowboy, like I watch Cowboy fight, I want Cowboy to win. The, I would want Cowboy to win his next three, two, three fights because I, I Cowboy said he wants the he wants the title fight. Look, even if he loses to Khabib, I at least want to see him get to that point. I at least want to see him get to the point where he's fighting Khabib Nurmagomedov for the belt. Um, or even if he's fighting a guy like Tony for the belt, whatever. I, I would like to see him fight for the belt. So if this fight was for a belt, sure. Excuse, excuse me, but because this fight most likely. It's not going to be for any belt. It's going to be a 155-pound fight for contendership. Um, that would mean that the loser of the fight will knock down the rankings. But the guy with the lowest ranking who loses the fight will stay outside the top 10. So if Conor loses this fight, worst case scenario, he drops down to like number 5, number 6. If Calvin loses this fight, I don't... Let me let me let me double check. I don't think Cowboy's even in the top ten right now for for lightweight. 
if he loses this fight, it's gonna be, it's it, it's not gonna it's not gonna bode well for him if he loses the fight. Where's he at? He's number nine right now. Okay, he's number nine in the top ten. Connor's number two. So if that fight were to were to, be, were to happen, I don't know, man. It's just, it's not. That, that, look, here's, and here's the reason why. I think that I think Connor wins that fight nine times out of ten. The reason why Cowboy does tend to start tend, does tend to start his fights very slowly. His stance is very. Um, how do I say this without disrespecting him? Um, it's kind of generic. It's rather generic. It's the kind of stance that you're fighting Connor. He's gonna open up on you, especially since you start off slow. And we also know that, and you're, you know, we've. It's not. Like, it's not like you've never been knocked down. Like when Connor was saying that he would, that he wanted to knock out Nate Diaz, that was like, what? You want to knock out what? what? The fuck are you talking about? He's, he's not. He doesn't, he's never been like knocked out. Like he had like a weird like knockout against uh, I forget the fuck. I think it was Josh Thompson. I think his name was or some shit like that. But he, but that was like a you know he got kicked in the head, and he kind of just like got a little like dazed. It was like a TKO. Guy mounted him and just, you know, kept punching him. And he wasn't reacting. He wasn't doing much to, to respond. And, you know, that was that. Um, but he's never been knocked out. So when Connor says that, it's like, you, how? Like, it's like Nick Saban. It's like you tell Nick Saban, like, hey, uh, Connor says he's going to knock out uh, Nate Diaz. It ain't happening. Quit asking. Cause it ain't happening, like you know what I mean. Like that's like pretty much the way you you you, you look you, you look at that. Like it's like it's not gonna happen. If Connor were to say in a press conference, "I'm gonna knock out Cowboy," well, I can actually see that. It's actually a possibility because he's been knocked out a few times. Um, and he's been knocked out a lot by these um, striking specialists. The last guy that knocked him out. I believe was was Darren Till, a guy who when you look at him fight, he's a lot like Conor McGregor, with the you know very wide stance, chest up, big guy for his weight class. I mean Conor isn't that big for 155, but he was big for 145. But you know he's just he's a big guy in general, like you know like lengthwise he's surprisingly bigger than most guys in the, in the division, um, at, when it comes to his reach. Um, and you know Conor McGregor and Darren Till both have that powerful left hand that comes in like a fucking rocket. Um, and so I feel like Conor versus Cowboy—that's just—it's kind of spelling the end for Con- for Cowboy. Um, it'll be a fun fight. Um, I'd be interested to see how the how the press conferences will go there because, you know, the way this fight's been kind of been building up, you know, Cowboy's been you know teasing for it. You know, tweeting. You know, you know. Hey, you you bring the. He was you know saying you know. Hey, I'll definitely drink drink some pop of whiskey with you at the uh, at the press conference. I'll bring the Budweiser. Connor comments, replies, saying, you know, sounds like a party. Connor sees him beat up Alexander Hernandez. Says you know, for a fight like that, cowboy, I'll fight you. What what the fuck is going? What you were? What is this? What are you guys gonna fucking shake hands when you guys face off? The fuck kind of ver- what version of Connor is this? No, no. I want the. I want. The, I want. The, I want the fucking. When Cowboy was cursing Connor out, calling Connor a loudmouth, telling Connor that he that Jose Aldo's gonna beat his ass, telling Connor if you come to one fifty five, we're gonna bend you over and spank you on the ass, we're gonna send your ass back to Ireland, you fucking leprechaun. I want I want that Cowboy to talk shit to the Connor that will tell Cowboy 
that he's a stupid bitch, that he's a weak fuck, that he has a weak chin, that he's stiff as a board, he'll bend them, he'll break them in half. He said that at a fucking press conference. I want that. I don't want to see this whole fucking, I'm going to shake your hand. It'll be, look, either way, the fight will happen, the fight will be fun, but for, for, uh, for the sake of the entertainment, for the sake of the hype, the sake, for the sake of the buildup, I don't want that fight. That is not the fight that I want. That is not, that's not the buildup I want. I'm sorry, that's not the buildup I want, so... Um, it'll be interesting. I think the fight's gonna happen. I think Dana White's already said, you know, excuse me, Dana White's already said, you know, for starters, once Cowboy ever had a boring fight, Connor likes the challenge, Connor likes the fight. Um, the fans want it, so it seems like the fight to make. Um, and with that being said, you know, sometimes Dana White will say shit like that, and then, you know, it'll never happen, you know, shit like that, but this feels like one that. Dana's going to push for. Dana's... I'm, I'm not going to say push for. It seems like one that Dana, Dana's open to. He's open to the idea of setting it up. It's just a matter of the numbers. And also, this isn't a title fight. Where do you put this fight? Do you put Connor on free TV on ESPN? Do you put him on ESPN Plus? <clears throat> do you make like a, a, a non-title fight? Uh, main event for a pay-per-view because the last time they did that was Conor versus Nate part 2 and the only reason why that one worked was because the first one was really fucking good like that the first one was really fucking good um, and even the first one was not a title fight but that, was, that one was different because that one was supposed to be a title fight that one was supposed to be Conor fighting for the 155 belt Rafael Osanos pulls out Nate Diaz comes in on like 11 days notice and wins the fight. Second fight is even more built up now because Conor wants that fight back and they put it back on pay-per-view and it's even bigger. But that's because there was already there was a few that had already brewed there. Um, From the fucking looks of it, it looks like you're going to have, if, if you want to be a pay-per-view, you're going to have a pay-per-view with two guys shaking hands with no fucking belt on the line. It's one, thing they're shaking, it's one thing if they shake hands with a fucking belt on the line, but when you're shaking hands with nothing on the line, what the fuck are you doing? Take your ass to ESPN right now, but... Conor McGregor. I don't see them putting Conor McGregor on ESPN. I see them wanting to just utilize him as the pay-per-view draw that he is. So um, you kind of met with that little you know conflict of uh, of decision. Um, you could always just start a new division, 165 pounds, but Dana White has made it very clear that that he does not intend to ever start a 165 pound division. Um. But at the same time, he did. He he was only saying that in reference to people saying, you know, oh Ben Askren versus Khabib, or you know, Kevin Lee versus so and so, Nate Diaz. Like they were saying, like they were. He was responding to people throwing out these other names, like Kevin Lee threw out the idea of fighting uh, GSP at one sixty one sixty five stuff like that. I don't know if I've heard him or seen him turn down the idea of a one sixty five pound title. A 165-pound title fight that included Conor McGregor. Um, so yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised for that. I feel like that might be the way it goes down. Um, I feel like the way I feel like the way it might go down is Conor Cowboy, the inaugural 165-pound title, because now you fast-track Cowboy to the belt. Um, you put Conor in a meaningful pay-per-view. You put Conor in a main event that has more than just. Maybe a rivalry, maybe you know what I mean. Like, 
You gave it more than that. Um, and it's a new belt. You're going to make money. It's a fucking title fight. You're going to make money. Um, so, so, like now, so now you're adding three things that fans love. Title fights, Conor McGregor, and Cowboy Cerrone. Howard Carmen Carm May fans are going to be watching Cowboy Cerrone, hoping that, they, that, that he gets, that he knocks Conor out. Some other hardcore MMA fans, but most casual MMA fans, will be watching to see Conor McGregor do what they've seen him do before, which is go in there and knock out a guy like Cowboy. As well, for both fans, hardcore and casual, watching to see who's going to be crowned the inaugural, who's going to be crowned the inaugural 165-pound champ. Will Conor be one of, you know, I think he might be, I think if he, if he were to get a third belt, I think he might be, one of few, if not the first, to do that in the UFC? Or will Cowboy, for the first time in his career, have a UFC belt around his waist? I think that's the, that's the better way to promote the fight. That's the better way to make the fight. It's going to piss off a lot of hardcore fans. It's going to piss off a lot of, um, a lot of people at, in 155 and in 170 <clears throat> who have been petitioning for that 165-pound belt. But in Dana's defense, none of you are Connor. You know, none of you are pulling the numbers Connor's pulling. And none of you, not many of you can put on the show that Cowboy puts on. Connor's the money cow. Cowboy puts on great fights. Put them together. You got a great fucking money fight. So, that's like wrapping, that's me wrapping up MMA. Um, I'm doubting anybody's listening to this, like, Super Bowl Sunday. I'm pretty sure I was just like listening to it like on Sunday night or like Monday morning, whatever the fuck, <clears throat> which is fine. Um, but if you are and the Super Bowl are finished, <clears throat> let it not be forgotten that my Super Bowl pick is Patriots over the Rams, twenty four twenty. Yeah, so I mean that's all I got for today. Um, if you didn't like it because it was MMA, it was it was MMA based. I'm sorry. Um, this is something I do intend on doing from now on, though. I do intend on, not not all in May from now on, but I want to switch it up. I don't just want to talk about NFL all the time. I do want to mix in some other things. But for the sake of the people listening, I'll always, you know, put in context, put in the title context, you know, MMA, you know, it, pretty much letting you know whether whether or not this is majority MMA or this is majority football or this is a mix mix up of the two, you know. Today was obviously majority MMA. Um, with a good da- with a good healthy dash of, you know, NFL and NBA. So, so I got for you today. Look, guys, I'm still trying to get better at this. Today, I actually had notes written down for what I wanted to talk about because there were so many fights that I wanted to talk about today. <clears throat> I'm hoping to like, at some point, like bring like friends of mine like in so they can like I can have someone to talk to, bounce off of. Um, I got some friends who are MMA fans. I got some friends who are football fans. I got, I got, so I'm hoping I can get some of them to like, you know, uh, be willing to like sit in and, you know, discuss with me in the, uh, in the hour that I can put together. So that's all I got for you today. Um, favorite, you know, follow me, uh, Spanish for Roger on Instagram. Um, so yeah, so thank you, thank you for listening. Uh till next time. I'm out.